Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. In today's brief, we'll talk about storming the slag heap, attackums, and genocide. I'm Linnea, and today is Tuesday, October 17th, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's start with the news from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that Russian losses on Monday included 14 tanks, 20 armored combat vehicles, or ACVs, 26 artillery systems, 11 unmanned aerial vehicles, called UAVs or drones, and 800 personnel. Commander of the Ground Forces of the AFU, Colonel General Oleksandr Sirsky, posted on Telegram on Sunday that soldiers from the 25th Separate Airborne Brigade had shot down a Russian Mi-8 helicopter. He included a photo commenting, quote, It burns beautifully. Well done, soldiers. End quote. Ukrainian forces hit a record-breaking 428 pieces of Russian equipment with drones over the past week, according to Mikhailo Fedorov, deputy prime minister and minister of digital transformation. The Army of Drones, which is a joint project between the GSAFU, the State Special Communications Service, the Ministry of Digital Transformation, and the Ministry of Defense, or MOD, has been working diligently to get UAVs into the hands of Ukrainian fighters. Drones aren't new or unique to the war in Ukraine, but they have been vital tactical aviation tools used to great effect by both forces. The GSAFU reported that Ukrainian forces had downed another Russian fighter jet, an Su-25, on Sunday. That makes three Russian fighter jets shot down in the last week. In the Eastern Theater of Operations, the Russian offensive around Avdiivka has stalled, with heavy losses and no appreciable territorial gains. The tone in the Russian info space has become far less optimistic, as sources walk back claims that Russian forces captured the Avdiivka coke plant, and even Russian president-slash-dictator Vladimir Putin appears to have tempered his expectations, calling the operation a, quote, active defense, end quote, in an interview on Russian state television. The Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, wrote in its October 15th report that Russia's offensive has yet to achieve any of its stated goals. According to Ukrainian colonel Oleksandr Shtupun, spokesperson of the Tavria Group of Forces, the Russian armed forces lost more than 300 pieces of equipment and 3,000 personnel in the area just in the past week. 
Geolocated videos show that Russian forces made an attempt to take the slag heap just outside of Divka. In case you're not super familiar with slag heaps, it's a mountain made of coal mining waste. This particular slag heap has been at the center of the fighting in the area since the war began in 2014, so has become a heavily fortified high ground. Anyway, back to the video. Multiple columns of Russian tanks and armored vehicles, and hundreds of troops gathered in preparation for an assault, all clearly visible to Ukrainian forces atop the slag heap, who then used drones and artillery to strike the approaching armored columns and infantry. Did I mention the minefield? There was also reportedly a Ukrainian-laid minefield that took out a few Russian vehicles as well. Russian troops eventually managed to storm the slag heap, likely using human wave tactics, only to find themselves at the base of an enormous wall of slag topped with Ukrainian machine gun nests. It did not go well for them. In the Black Sea, a Liberian-flagged oil tanker reportedly struck a sea mine off the coast of Romania on Sunday, sustaining minor damage. It's the second commercial vessel to be hit by a floating mine this month. In the temporarily occupied territories, Ukrainian forces reportedly attacked targets near the occupied cities of Berdyansk in Zaporizhia Oblast and Luhansk in Luhansk Oblast last night, striking ammunition storage, an artillery vehicle, and two helicopters at landing sites using U.S.-provided Attackums long-range missiles. Commander-in-Chief of the Ukrainian Armed Forces, Valery Zaluzhny, released a video today showing the very first launches of the much-anticipated attackums. On the home front, it looks like our days of having to take the bus from Warsaw are over. Ukrzaleznitsya, or Ukrainian Railways, launched a direct train route between Warsaw and Lviv this past weekend. Apparently, it's the first time the route has been in operation in 18 years. Polish media stated that the route is expected to operate daily and carry up to 500 passengers. While the train takes about as long as the bus, that's roughly nine hours, and passengers will still have to disembark near the border to transfer carriages, it's undoubtedly far more comfortable and convenient for those already traveling by train to and from other parts of Ukraine. Also, speaking from my incredibly limited experience, Ukrzaliznitsia is delightful. Up to 30% of Ukraine's territory could be contaminated with mines, according to Ukraine's emergency service deputy chief, Mykola Didik. That's roughly 174,000 square kilometers, an area larger than the entire state of Florida. Because of this, Ukraine is rapidly developing tools and processes for humanitarian demining. As opposed to military demining conducted by troops on the front, and the spot removal of explosives in newly deoccupied settlements by the state emergency service, humanitarian demining involves a comprehensive survey of a rural area to map suspected mine locations and a systematic clearance of those mines so the land is safe for farmers, vehicles, livestock, and wildlife. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has urged local authorities and energy companies to increase preparations for an anticipated escalation of Russian attacks on Ukrainian infrastructure this fall and winter, stressing the importance of local government's response to attacks in addition to the preparation. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it... 
a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Let's talk about the Russian Federation. Russian actions in Ukraine constitute genocide under the UN Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide, according to U.S.-American researcher Christopher Atwood. There are five prosecutable crimes associated with genocide, per Article 3 of the Convention. First, the actual commission of genocide. Second, conspiracy to commit genocide. Third, direct and public incitement to commit genocide. Fourth, attempted genocide. And finally, complicity in committing genocide. Atwood states that Russian state media is a clear example of a direct and public incitement to commit genocide due to rhetoric calling for Russia's destruction of Ukrainians. And, quote, there is no way to legally protect or justify such rhetoric, especially when it is combined with the actions of the Russian military or the behavior of Russia in the occupied territories. I think this is the biggest, most obvious proof that Russia is at least trying to commit genocide in Ukraine. End quote. Further proof that Russia is committing genocide is the forcible removal of Ukrainian children from their families and deportation to Russia and occupied territories to be integrated into Russian families. Atwood added that genocide is usually covert, and the party committing the acts of genocide doesn't want people to see. But, quote, what Russia is doing is open genocide, end quote. UK Defense Intelligence reported yesterday that private military company, or PMC Redut, which is controlled and financed by the general staff of the armed forces of the Russian Federation, has effectively replaced PMC Wagner Group in combat in Ukraine, and may now have more than 7,000 mercenaries, many recruited under the guise of volunteers. Russian sources are claiming there's a shortage of doctors and surgeons in the occupied cities near the Avdiivka front, and Russian volunteers in Donetsk have reportedly redirected their energies from acquiring socks and gear for soldiers to acquiring plastic body bags for the hospitals handling the hundreds of bodies arriving from Avdiivka. In News Worldwide, Russian president-slash-dictator Putin is set to meet with Chinese leaders this week in Beijing, a trip which underscores the country's informal alliance and Russia's economic and diplomatic dependence on China. The Russian finance minister, Anton Siluanov, admitted on Monday that virtually all of the drones currently used by Russian forces in Ukraine are supplied by China. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov is also scheduled to travel this week, paying an official visit to North Korea tomorrow. During a press conference with head of the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, or OSCE, Bukhar Osmani in Kyiv, Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitry Kuleba suggested expelling Russia from the OSCE, saying, quote, Moscow has effectively taken the OSCE hostage, manipulating the principle of consensus and thus destroying the organization from the inside, end quote. Kuleba called Russia the biggest threat to security and cooperation in Europe as it seeks to sow chaos and destabilization. 
According to Colonel Martin O'Donnell, spokesperson for the U.S. Army Europe and Africa Command, the United States has delivered 31 M1A1 Abrams battle tanks to Ukraine, complete with ammunition and spare parts. Colonel O'Donnell added, quote, We have lived up to our end of the bargain. From this point forward, it is up to Ukraine to determine when and where they will deliver this capability. I think Ukraine will be deliberate in when and where they use it. The Abrams tank is one hell of an armored vehicle, but it's not a silver bullet. Ultimately, it's Ukraine's determination to break through that matters most. End quote. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to our work on Substack. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Bobo Bachinya. <laughs>